I'm Javed Nixon, President and CEO of Point Global Marketing, and you're tuned to Your Business Matters, a podcast brought to you by Exim Bank and hosted by Enika Watkins Portal. Your Business Matters brings thought leaders together on thought-provoking ideas every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on your favorite podcast app. You have questions and they have the answers. I'm so excited about today's discussion that we're about to have. But before we get into all of that, Alan Thomas joins us again to talk about this week lines of credit that the Exim Bank offers. Now, Alan Thomas is manager of business origination and development at Exim Bank. Welcome again, Alan. Okay, thank you very much. In simple terms, what are lines of credit? Lines of credit. Uh, lines of credit is a facility that is offered by the bank that allows businesses to access working capital support to purchase raw material or to deal with general working capital expenses, paying salaries, paying utilities, and doing odd expenses around uh, for the business. Awesome. So what are some of those lines of credit that Exim offers? Okay, the line of credit can be accessed in two currencies. You have a foreign currency line of credit, and you can also have a Jamaican dollar line of credit. The foreign currency line of credit is usually used for purchasing raw materials. That loan is usually in denominated in U.S. dollars, and it is usually provided to you for a period of up to 180 days, 120 days, 270 days. It allows the customer to always have raw foreign exchange available to the customer in the event that he needs to urgently pay his overseas suppliers. Or she. And to pay, to, to pay overseas suppliers. What it does is that if in, the, in the instances for now, for example, when customers may have it, the challenges finding foreign exchange at a regular commercial bank and they have a line of credit facility with Exim Bank, Exim Bank will always have the U.S. dollar available, and that will allow them to may, be able to pay their foreign supplier on time. The rates are prorated. So if you got, if we gave you a, a loan rate of eight percent, and you use it for one eighty days, you will only pay up four percent for the time that you for the one eighty days that you would have used the facility. Okay, right? so I and think it's it- always available. I take it that there are different requirements for each, but generally, how does one qualify to access these lines of credit? The lines of credit facilities are, are like regular loans. You make an application to the bank. We will sub- submit to you the, rec- the required document. We, we process the documents. And if the loan is approved, we will advise you by way of a commitment letter. Then you will know all the terms that goes with, goes with, the, with the credit facility. And finally, where can persons go to learn more if they're interested in accessing lines of credit from Exim Bank? It's www.eximbankja.com. Thank you so much again, Alan Thomas, talking about lines of credit. And Alan is manager, business origination and development at Exim Bank Jamaica. It's been a pleasure to host you again. All the best. Okay, thank you. Bye to all your guests. When you speak, we listen. 
We listen to all your stories about how your business was started, including how you chose the name, the location, and every step along the journey to make it applicable to the problems you solve every day. Within these stories, we have also listened to your cries for help, the narratives surrounding limited cash flow, extended payment terms for buyers who just can't meet your 30-day credit term this month, next month, and the month after that. We understand trying to add value along a value chain that is dynamic and ever-changing. We are here to help because your stories are the reason we exist. And because we know that sometimes you need credit quickly, we have created Exim Express Receivables Financing so that your most important jobs get done. With a turnaround time of seven days and up to 75% of your receivables covered with no collateral or financials needed, you know you're in good hands. Exim Bank, by helping businesses, we save lives and, and livelihood. Welcome to Exim Bank's Your Business Matters. I am your host, Henika Watkins-Porto. On the show, of course, we continue to bring thought leaders together with thought-provoking ideas and methods on business matters to help grow your business. Hiring new employees can be daunting. As a result, employers usually make it easy on themselves by eliminating candidates with resumes who don't demonstrate a certain level of experience. Personality and interpersonal skills usually come into play at the time of the interview, if at all. When it comes on to hiring employees, Business Daily states that much of it comes down to personality, but is that more heavily weighted than the skill set of the employee? Many employers state that an employee who possesses both skill sets and personality is a rare find. One is usually more prominent than the other. Virgin's Richard Branson in a post on LinkedIn stated, and I quote, Personality always wins over book smarts. Company knowledge and job-specific skills can be learned, but you can't train a personality. Time and time again, I've seen people with a background of broad-ranging employment and skills hired for a job where they don't necessarily tick the specialist criteria boxes, but become incredibly successful by offering a new level of understanding to the role. With this in mind, we focus on hiring people with transferable skill sets, team players who can pitch in and help others in all sorts of situations. It's important never to underestimate the power of versatility, end quote. Shark Tank's Robert Erjavec, on the other hand, believes that hiring an employee with the right mix of passion, drive, skill set, and teamwork is the secret ingredient to propelling your business forward as the belief stands that a specialist is highly focused and equipped to execute targets and achieve company goals, end quote. So, personality or skill set. Kemal Brown, founder and CEO, Digital Global, and Javit Nixon, also founder and CEO, Point Global Marketing, will help us to unpack this episode of Your Business Matters. The topic, hiring, experience and technical qualification versus personality and potential. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. So in 30 seconds, uh, both Kamal and uh, Kemal Rado, 
and Javet, please give us a background to your business. What is it that your business does? All right. Um, so Point Global is a marketing and brand firm that specifically works with emerging businesses across the Caribbean and Latin America. Um, we have a heavy uh, leaning to, to digital and digital transformation. Um, and we typically try to take business wherever they are and um, convey those, those digital skills um, to them. But uh, we also work on a number of other projects that include software development, um, web development, uh, branding, execution, promotional marketing. Um, we are in three countries, Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica, and in the US. I'm currently in the US actually. Um, and we have been around for 10 years. Right. So yeah, Digital Global Marketing Limited is a subsidiary of the Digital Global Group. So akin to Javins company, uh, you know, we're a digital solutions agency. Um, 360, we do everything, marketing, branding, visual identity. I, we primarily target enterprise and, um, you know, medium-sized businesses. Um, just because of the nature of the structuring of our business, we do a lot of, uh, you know, AI, automations, software engineering, a lot of branding, visual identity work. And primarily, I see DGM as forging a way forward for the Caribbean's digital future. Uh, we've worked with a lot of international organizations as well. Um, and we are a global company based in Jamaica, but we have a lot of customers all over the world. And so we've really, uh, you know, had to hire digitally to lead right back into the discussion and had to evaluate a lot of things without meeting people. I just met one of my team members that's been moving for six months last week. Right. So, <laughs> so um I think COVID has added a level of complexity to the recruitment. And I think I'm looking forward to the discussion to get deep into it. Absolutely. Thank you both. So let me start over this question. So there's a vacancy at Point Global Marketing and Digital Global Marketing, respectively, for a marketing manager. You have received dozens of resumes. What is the thought behind your process of elimination to get to the top five to be called for an interview? Well, I'll tell you off the jump. Um, your your email from marketing manager, your introduction email needs to be at least two sentences to a paragraph. I'm looking for your CV attached in PDF. If you're really sharp, your CV and a cover letter attached in PDF, not Word because that's editable. I'm just getting specific, like the things that I look at, like, um, and I'm looking for, you know, formatting in terms of the email. Is it formatted one, one font size or you have like clearly copied and paste? It shows attention to detail, right? So the even initial email, even though you um, caption the email title, the subject line, all of that tells something about just the nature. You said marketing manager, so it's a manager. It's a different level role than a junior, right? Um, and that's from the jump. Now, from moving from that, we do, we do evaluations in pools. So we say, look for five people, right? We'd get five. My um, my HR, my people department would look at these persons and evaluate based on the specifications that we had in the job description, experience, et cetera, et cetera. So clearly after have, have a job description, you have to know what you're looking for to get it. And that's not only tied to, you know, educational background, it's tied to their, their, their psychometrics. It's tied to their attitude, skills, competencies. We use different frameworks. And so, um, for example, like the big five, right? Um, and so from there, we call an interview when we evaluate it. What do we call an interview? We evaluate the persons and then we assign a task based on the level of the, the role that we want you to complete by a set deadline tied to, you know, how much time it should take a good person to get it done. Uh, they submit the task on time. Some persons, it's weeded out immediately because they're lazy. They don't want to submit nothing. They don't want to, they just want to work. So they're weeded out immediately because they don't do anything. They don't submit it. 
So we weed out people from those levels. When the person submits the task now, we set up a meeting and we review. Uh, typically, the department lead would review and then they bring it to me and say, Kemal, these are the two I'm recommending. What do you think? I'm like, all right, cool. Um, or the department lead and the PR and, and the people person. It depends on if I'm in Ireland or whatever it is. Um, or if I even have the time. So because when we're in office, that was in Ireland. doesn't matter. It's digital now. So you can reach me anywhere. But if I have the time. Moving from that, we have the task. We set an interview. In that interview, we have set questions that we evaluate based All right, on. So let's let's hold it before. So we, we just want we just want to get those to get okay. to the interview. All right, okay. good. So that's the All right, that's the process. Thank you for sharing that, Kemal. Over to you, Javit. So one of the, the most important things if you're applying to Point Global is really following the instructions that are indicated in the, the job requests. Those instructions usually talk about the time frame that the application comes in. That is important because, for example, we typically get hundreds of applications. For example, we had a, a job opening the other day. I got 130 applications. So it's physically impossible to go through all of that. So if you if you see where it says the end date is Friday, anybody that's in after Friday won't be evaluated. But when when those applications come in, uh, we usually typically try and look at all of them. And we usually specify the timeline in order to give us uh, flexibility to, to actually have a cursory look at all of them. So if you're if you're if you're applying to us, we, we tend to not be a stickler for the format that you are sending an application in. We like people who have interesting ways of submitting applications. People have submitted videos. They have mm -hmm. submitted portfolios. We like those things. We look at them. Obviously, there's a format for submitting a resume. So if, if, if you're doing something interesting, but the detail is not there, that we, we can evaluate who you are, it makes it harder. But we look at all applications, Word, PDF, video, audio, Whatever you feel can demonstrate your skill, we look at it. And we go through a simple screening process. Depending on the role, if it's a marketing manager, obviously managing people, you have to look at are there demonstrative skills there that you can immediately identify that this person has managed people before. And it doesn't have to be formal in a formal way. Did you did you lead a debate club? Did you have you started your own organization? Did you do community base? Have you managed a football team? Have you managed people? And those are some of the things. Have you demonstrated that? Mm -hmm. We use a lot of psychometric tools. So initially, when the application comes in, it goes to either my group operations manager or the department head. It could be creative, could be business development and clients. Let me pause. Let me um, let me let me stick a pin right there. So um, the psychometric testing would have been after you've already selected them for the interview, right? We no. don't know. We, we have a we have a, a very simple test that everybody does before before, before you okay yeah. ah so, I do and what that, yeah and what that does is it rounds down uh, just based on it's really straightforward questions there's no trick question it's really to gear how you work are you do you like to be micromanaged do you like flexibility it just answers some of those questions for us. In a, in a very straightforward way. And that is right. important um, mm -hmm. for us before we even decide because we do know who does well in these positions based on our, our the tools that we use. All right, I have um, some questions about psychometric testing because they can be manipulated. But anyway, we, 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 we'll get to that later on. <laughs> All right, uh, so yeah, go ahead. Let's finish your thoughts so, so we, we move on. That, you go through that and the, our, our psychometric test stays with you throughout the entire life 
if you're employed, the, the profile stays with you throughout the entire life of, of, of the company. Um, the, the system that we, we, we use is a system that was developed in the UK, and it's also used to manage our HR. So the, the, the questions and how you answer the questions, gauge how you work, all of that. And everybody in our organization has access to it, including mine. So yeah. my marketing manager can pull up my profile and say, okay, this is how Javit operates. This is how he likes feedback, all of those things. So it stays with you. It also gives us a, an immediate ability to say, okay, this person, based on how they like working, would not fit into this role, given how this role needs to operate. And then right. after that is done, we, we pick based on, on, on the criteria that we have pre-identified. And then we interview those persons, usually department heads, we'll, we'll interview them with maybe one other member of the team. And we open it up to the entire team. We don't just... So if, even if we're hiring for a project management role, somebody from creative will, even a junior person will sit in on the interview. And then they, they'll provide feedback to me, and then I will do the final interview. And then after the final interview, we do what is a final kind of psychometric personality index test. We, we have all of them do something called a synergist quiz. And, and that all of those feedback are available for the entire team to look at as well. And that's how we kind of decide who we're hiring. Okay, great. Fantastic. I like how you both operate very 21st century in terms of your hiring process. Now, what I want to get into, based on what you both have said, Kemal and Javed, you clearly have, um, based on particularly Javed, you clearly have some preference towards the personality thing, even bringing in the personality test thing prior to, to calling them for an interview. Why is personality so important for you versus when, when we look at qualifications and skills? Well, one of the first things is like all of us, I grew up in the Caribbean. So obviously academics, academics is a very important thing in the Caribbean. Like I'm sure everybody's call, I went to many schools, uh, two master's degree, all of that. So mm -hmm. I, there's, there's a lot of value in that, right? So, but at the end of the day, what I have found is when it comes down to people's success in a role, that's not very important actually, because for almost two years into my founding of Point Global, we switched completely our hiring process because we found that when we hired and looked at these academics, even what people did before past experience, we, we had candidates that look very good on paper, but when they got into the role, they weren't very good. And so we, we, we started initially an internship program where we hired directly from people who are graduating um, university. We gave them an internship, sometimes three months, sometimes six months, depending on what we saw. And then those persons were promoted um, throughout the organization. And in, in almost all of those cases, what we found is that the person who started in the role of, uh, as an intern graduated up the, the, the chain and became leaders in the organization. So currently our organization has at the executive rank four other persons outside of me and only one of them did not come through that internship process. Mm -hmm. uh, only one of them came as a outside hire directly into a management position. So the, just, just, just over the years, all of the lessons point to the fact that when people have an opportunity, lots of people don't have an opportunity. And lots of people have to learn along the way. But if you give them that opportunity, 
and they pick up the skills and you teach them and you work with them, they train them into your culture. They, uh, as long as you have initially hired the right, for the right attitude, I, I, I like the word attitude, outside mm -hmm. of personality, you have right for the right <laughs> attitude, they mm -hmm. usually graduate and, and grow with the organization. So question to you then, isn't academic qualification skills an indication of personality? And what I mean by that, if somebody likes, for example, let's say you see on somebody's resume that they are, uh, they've been podcasting for mm -hmm. five years, whatever. Isn't that an indication of my person that I love to talk, for example? And so uh, why, so why waste time to go train people when you can just hire based on what the, the skills that you already, they already possess? Right. So yes, academic um, qualification indicates some ability to work in a structured environment to stay the course. But also, if you operate in the Caribbean environment and you grow up like me, you know that a lot of people have very high potential, but are limited by systematic challenges in the society. So as a result of that, there, for, for example, I, I went to school with some guys who are far smarter than me, but never got a chance to go to university, never got a chance. And, if, and for me, I, I kind of given that I am now in a position where I can give somebody a chance to demonstrate um, their, their, their ability to do a job and access training through Point Global while doing it, that is important. It doesn't eliminate whether somebody goes to, to university because they are put through the same process. My waiting on their, their, their education is just less because mm. I, I want to see demonstrative skills, especially okay. in the economy that I operate in, business space I operate in. I want to see demonstrative skills. I want to see the guy who never went to art school, but just produces amazing work based on his personal passion. Because I know that that guy will evolve. I know that that guy, when he, is a, he has access to training, will grow. I know that he has a passion for what he's doing and he will develop. Um, and I, if I can guide him, I can mentor him, then I know that the organization will always benefit. From okay. All right. Good, good, good answer. All right, Kemal, your process of hiring indicated that you're very technical and you have an eye for that, you know, um, technical detail, qualification, that kind of a thing. Why, why is that so important um, to you in your organization? Well, well, let me say, you know, from the jump, I think it's a it's a it's a cadre, right? It's a mixture. I think, in general, everybody has different capacities and different persons learn differently, which is why we have the psychometric assessment, um, you know, post interview. Because I don't want to do it before because I want to kind of see the person. The test could not really convey their personality, right? It could have been, they could have you know misinterpreted certain things, and so I want to kind of see the person. But in terms of qualifications being important, I, I agree with Javed to, to the extent that it's only one side of the story because you studied somewhere, just because you went to Oxford, Harvard, just because you have this, this, that, that doesn't actually mean you have the necessary competence and temperament to actually bring across and carry out a job effectively. In terms of why qualification, I, I wait, I really do believe in the skill economy. I wait someone that went and self-taught self themselves. So I'd say, I think qualifications for me is expansive more so than the school you went to versus what you've poured into yourself. So for example, if you've taken every online course on digital marketing, you've tried to test your own things, you've done your own work, you've built your own website, that's education to me. That's a qualification to me. 
And I would weigh that heavily more so than someone that has been in a role, because if you are taking your own initiative to do something, it's very distinct from somebody telling you to do something. So that shows natural born leadership. You're leading your life. And so may perhaps you can lead a department in the context of potential. I would say this is a quote I, I came up with. Potential means nothing. Something means something. And what I mean by that is not to say that potential doesn't matter. Everyone, all of us have potentials to be business owners. All of us have the potential to be great at respective fields. All of us do, but how many people actually act and take action to actually realize those things? And so I try to look for, that's why we give the task, because it's all good to say that, you know, you're great at digital marketing, you're great at this, you're a great designer, you're a great thing, but we have to actually see and evaluate. So we take portfolios, depending on the role, we evaluate a lot of information, but at the end of the day, are you up to snuff? Then you might find some persons that are very talented, but they're divas, right? They, especially in the creative industry, they don't want to work within timelines. They, you know, they have challenges meeting certain. So there, there, there are many levels to the hiring thing and finding a fit. And of course, every organization has a very distinct culture. Digital is very process driven, right? We're a very process driven entity, meaning everything is mapped out. Onboarding for us takes a week, not a month, because we literally have the processes codified. You're sent a link. You onboard yourself. There are videos with me and the team. There's a letter that I write to each team member. There's a here's 10 tips of how to succeed done by another team member. There's a ton of things in your onboarding process that acclimatizes you to the organization and the environment very quickly. And it also delineates persons that don't belong there. And I always tell people, you know, people look at hiring and firing or even not being selected as a negative thing. No, we've saved each other time because you're just not a fit for me. We're not a fit for you. And you can go on to have great experiences somewhere else. And we'll go on to find a candidate will have great experiences here. I think we have to be very pragmatic about how we seek to fill the seats in our organization and really help find persons that want, as Javed said, want to grow your company, want to be a part of the company, persons that buy into the vision. There's certain persons, you have to beat them with a belt to say, you know, do these basic things. And there's certain persons, they're up the night before doing it because they buy in, they understand, they believe in what you're doing. They're not just looking for a job. They're looking for a career and to really build somewhere. And that's where attitude comes in. Attitude pervades all level of professional competencies because my master's degree, I have two bachelors and masters. None of them are in agency land. None of them are in digital. None of them are in anything that I do, real estate, all the different things that the group of companies does. But I, I had a desire to learn. I had attitude that I could achieve anything. I had attitude that I could read and learn and, and uh, you know, become an expert. And so said, so done. And so I love people that, one, if you have the qualifications, it does make you trainable. It shows that you can operate in a specific environment. You took the three years. You finished college. You never drop out in between. And nothing is wrong with dropping out if you see yourself as a true blue entrepreneur, right? Everyone's path is different. I would say another big thing for me is self-awareness. I look for self-awareness in persons that you know, come to the firm. And that is a subset. I wouldn't say it's a professional skill. It's more of a soft skill. Are you aware of what you're good at? Are you aware of what you're not so good at? Are you aware of what you can improve in? I've had team members that swear they were the best copywriters and they are not the best copywriters, right? And they're holding on to this false narrative and you have to give them feedback over time to say, hey, you know, I think you're really stronger here. I mean, I know you love this, but you're really stronger here. And a part of the attitude thing is persons being open to feedback. Because the reality is, assuming the position of a leader, it means coaching. It means guiding persons along a path towards their professional and personal development. And as a result, you need persons that are open to listen to you. Professional skills sometimes can make people feel like they think they know more than they know. Right? Right, right. Come All from right. 
we're the big shot, you know, but sometimes listening is the core and strongest skill that any employee needs. So professional skills and qualifications, I believe in it because I think it shows track record. I think it shows that, you know, you've done this in the past. And if you've done it to a measured level of success in the past, it is a good indicator that you might, conditions being the same, perform the same in the future. But I think we have to look at things like attitude. And I really don't believe that potential. I think if you're going to be successful, you will be conditions being right, as Javed said, right? Some persons don't get an opportunity and intelligence is no modicum of success. I'll say that just the point, because Javed made a comment that said, that, oh, people smarter than me. Listen, I don't think I have, I mean, I think I have above average intelligence and I'll say that on record. I think I do, just so my, 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 my brain processes. But I've met people 10 times smarter than me that aren't where they would want to be. And I'm not going to do any comparisons because everyone is different, but they are where they'd want to be are not even on the path to getting there. And sometimes intelligence is an impediment because you do not stop and say, let me ask for help. Let me ask for help. Know-it-alls don't ask. They think they know it all. And so there's a humility. I am one of the most humble persons where knowledge is concerned. I'm listening to Javed. I'm like, oh, cool. I can do that. Yeah, I need to do this little thing. I'm already like, oh, but implement that tomorrow. That's how, <laughs> that's how I believe yeah. you become better over time. And my personal philosophy is Kaizen. Every day you must be improving. Every single day you have to be growing and getting better. And I find that at a certain level, some persons stop being lifelong learners. And that can be an impediment to growth. Because at the end of the day, I am still a baby in terms of my knowledge. Socrates, the wisest man, that said, you know, I know nothing. That's all I know, that I know nothing. And so I think being a lifelong learner is a fundamental thing that I look for in persons. I don't want to tell you to go read an article on your craft. That should be a part of your morning routine, you know? Wow. You know, this this discussion is getting more interesting. And when I'm looking at the time, I'm realizing that we're running out of time. Like there are so many things I want to touch on. For example, um, and I'm going to touch on it before we invite our audience member to, to come in, is the, the, the idea of personality testing. Right? You both alluded to it. And it's interesting that, Javit, you're doing it prior to doing that interview. And um, Kemal, you're do and you also do it after, right? And, um, yeah. and and Kemal is, is doing it yeah. after. But there are so many, I mean, we know the benefits. It, it, it's a guide because we know the benefits. But the, the, the arguments against that, you know, for example, persons manipulate it based on what they think you want to hear. Or there's also the notion of, you know, that, that idea of positive thinking. So you're speaking things into being. So perhaps I am not somebody who is patient. But I am I am working towards you know being more patient and I'm and I'm and I'm seeing myself as being patient. So what if a question relates to patience, I'm going to take that back and say, yeah, I'm a five. When in fact, right now I may be a one. So how do you mitigate against all the nuances and the the, the um the downsides, the cons of the personality testing that you use? And which one again that you use so um our audience or listeners remember? Right. So one of the first things that is important is if you run an organization, you have to realize that if, if you have to hire, another part of the coin is that you have to fire. So you're going to always have people. Word. 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 First line was going to be fire fast, fire faster, right? Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Word. You're going to have people game the system. It doesn't matter how foolproof the system is. Somebody games the system. Um, I think it was Paul Grossman who says that I'm not an expert at hiring, but I'm an expert at firing. So one of the you, you have to realize that you're gonna if you have I have ten people, chances are five of them you're gonna get to where they're the wrong candidate. If you're um, lucky, so if, if, if. it's just the reality. <laughs> so at this stage, honestly, 
I am as about as, as expert at firing as I am at hiring. And that's the, the reality because there are people who are going to game the system. Um, but what I will say, though, is most people try to be honest. Most people know that even if they clone the system for a month, two months, three months, sooner or later, even if they, they, they are hired within a week. Um, the real them come out, right? <laughs> um, this is not where I want to be. Um, the, my, our last hiring process, we had three people. One of them within um, two months decided, hey, this is not where, where, where I yep. want to be. And it happens. Yeah. Um, so I'm less concerned about, uh, about that. Um, because if the hiring process don't weed you out, the employee evaluation process will, the team evaluation process will, the peer review process will, mm -hmm. um, and then your own work yeah. will also um, weed you out. So the only problem with it is that some people um, waste you a lot of time. Um, and mm -hmm. there's a point that I want to make about people qualification as well. Oftentimes we hire for roles, and one of the questions that is always asked on our application is, what is your salary expectation? And some people believe that automatically, because they have a master's degree of, uh, or a bachelor's degree or whatever, they are supposed to be at the top of the, the salary scale. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the, 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 the things where they, they're, their grip on reality, they seem to lose grip on reality when they, they seem that there's... They have, they have a qualification behind their their name and that's what that's one of the reasons as well that we are very skewed towards what kind of impact are you coming to have with the organization um we in in point global we, we evaluate salaries on a, in a, on a quarterly basis mm -hmm. and if we're in a position where we can make salary adjustments or a team member we try to do um we have an, a big incentivized program that runs across the organization so those are some of the things um, for us. Um, and if, if you know, like you're coming into a role and you're going to make an impact, you, those people tend to be the most realistic people because one, they know what it takes. They, they know their own limitations. Um, I, I think Kamal uses the words of self-awareness. And if you are self-aware, you're also industry aware you're economically aware, you know what is happening economically, um, everything. So those people tend to be a lot more realistic about their own roles, their own responsibilities, their own impact on an organization. That's, that's one of the, 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 the ways to answer your question that we deal with, with people game the system. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Now, over to you, Kemal. Yeah, I would add, so personality assessments, all assessments, as Javis said, can be game, right? At the end of the day, anybody can put whatever they want to put. I think you have to have the built-in systems within the company that kind of weeds out. As I said, onboarding for me, I use that in a week, we can see, you know, challenges in a week. Uh, we can just see, okay, this person's not cultural. They're not as assertive as they said they were. They don't take instruction well. Uh, you know, they're a little soft on the inside, meaning, you know, do this by this time. Oh, this happened. And oh my God, and you know, excuses, which kills res results, right? So, I mean, I evaluate on that basis. I agree with Javet in terms of the salary um, nuance. I think a lot of persons, you know, they come out of school and they expect to be paid the world because they have a degree. And the reality is it's really tied to impact and performance. We review, I mean, digitize a meritocracy. I've truly tried to create a meritocracy. What does that mean? It means if you do good, if you kill it on a project, if you're getting bonuses, we have per, per project bonuses. We have incentive schemes. We have, you know, digital spark of the month. We actually had a digital young spark 
what do you call it? Um, internship program, formalized, where we had, you know, 10 persons come in and et cetera, et cetera. And we do things like that as well. But the reality is it's really tied to impact. I will promote somebody to CEO tomorrow if they come in and crush it. Literally take my position. Please, I'm asking, right? Please take this weight off of you, right? If you come in and you run it and I'll pay you accordingly, I will pay you well, right? I tell people all the time in the company, I am not limiting you. Only you can limit you. I will pay you a million dollars a month. I have no problem doing it, but you have to be worth it. You have to be worth it. You have to bring in money. You have to be managing the company. If I'm paying you that much money, I am sleeping in my bed all hours a day. I'm, I don't get calls. Everything's handled. You know what I'm saying? And the reality is that's where people need to get to, to understand. If you're in an organization that does prioritize, um, you know, entrepreneurship and you have the capacity to contribute beyond six o'clock, for example. And I know, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, the boss stepping into my time. No, no, no. There's no boss. You're the boss. And the reality is we are the customer. That's it. You're the boss, we're the customer. What are you? How are you going to serve your customer? And based on the level of your service, that's how you're rewarded. And if persons really shift their mindsets around that nuance, they realize, oh my God, I can, if I do my best, no, no, let me, let me be clear. There's some organizations where persons have no room to, to move up. There's no benefits. There's no anything and they work it till you die, right? You have to look and evaluate and ask the necessary questions. There's a level of assertiveness that you need to, it's your future. I don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste two years of my time. What are you trying to achieve? One of the biggest questions, what, what do you see? Where do you see yourself in the future? That's what I ask. Where do you see yourself? What is your personal philosophy? You know, I try to get to know the person because at the end of the day, you bring yourself to work every day. You, know? you don't yeah. bring your professional self. You bring yourself, everything, right? And so you have to get to know that person. For example, I took the team out for drinks at Janga's um, last, when was it? Friday, last week or something like that. And people dancing and having fun and just, you know, about them shots. And we have fun and we hang out, right? You know the person. Can this person hang? Can this person, you know, we work hard, we play hard. But clearly that's not a requirement. End of the day, the job is to achieve your core functions, right? You know, positive, you know, encouraging and, you know, um, inspiring way. You want to inspire those around you. You want to ensure that you have persons that aren't energy drainers. I'll never forget. Don't get me wrong. Mental health matters. When digital was younger, we're about two years old at the time, because we're only five now, right? We're two years old at the time, and this young lady had problems every day. As in, this day, this day, um, the cab broke down on the way to work. Next day, it was the bus. This other day, something happened. Every, for like a week, <laughs> her life was just going bad. And I said, well, you know, things happen. So two days. But when it happened every day, I had to sit her down and say, hey. Um, this is not our core. Uh, this is not how we operate. Our values speak to this. I arrive on time and I expect the same of my team. She said, you know, a lot is going on in my life. I think you should hire a psychologist for us to get ours. This is a two-year old couple. <laughs> I knew that this young lady, she was irrational. She was completely in another world. And so clearly I had to let that person go. And as employers, we run up in some, we, we run into individuals and just, you know, systems, anything that really questions like, you know, what is really going on? What is the market's expectation versus what I'm able to deliver? And I think a bit of pragmatism and really understanding where you are. I'll make a point on salaries. Pay what you can afford. If you can't afford the person yet, that means you're not at a level where you need them. Mm. And if you are Good not, point. If you, no, to be frank, everybody wants CFO. Everybody wants the big people. Everybody wants a top salesperson. But if you have to give up equity so early in your business, I've seen this happen to a lot of young entrepreneurs. They give up equity so early, they have little left for themselves by the time they get a, a actual um, you know, seed round or something like that. And then you actually devalue yourself. I think put in the work, put in the grind. I mean, digital is completely bootstrapped. I started the firm with 300 US. We've had no grants, no anything. 
know what I'm saying? We've been up to 20 employees. We have about 14 right now. And we've, we've existed for five years. We've done well with international business. My point is, you know, we have to, I always tell people, if you come in as employee number two, if you could go back and become employee number three of Apple, you would. In a heartbeat, if they said they're not even paying you, you'd jump in that seat. But you're not willing to come here and build and build another Apple. You're not seeing the journey that it takes to build an Apple, to build a Google. You just want big money up front and you're not committed to the vision. And that's a selfish approach. I think every leader respects people that wants to help them achieve their vision and will help you achieve yours in kind. Amen. Amen. If I were in church, I would say amen to that. <laughs> All right. So you know, it's a good point on which to bring in Ruth, who has been listening keenly. And I'm going to ask her to just come in, introduce herself, tell what she does, and then go ahead with the question. So we're going to make this as brief as possible because time has been well spent here, albeit in a very interesting and inspiring way. Hello. Right. Hi, gentlemen. Um, a very inspiring and informative session. My my specialty is I'm an entrepreneur, so I work with aspiring or published authors to capture their skills and expertise in a book that will cause their business to grow or their whatever goals or dreams they have, they can increase their impact and income and leave a legacy with a book. And my question is, as a former career coach, is when you have two candidates that have similar qualification, personality, experience, what's the deciding factor? For me, um, the, uh, go ahead, Javid. So I had actually this, this year where I had three candidates that I thought were all of them were, were excellent candidates. And I agonized because one of the, they all had, for in, in different ways, they, they all stood out. Um, and what I usually do, I, I, I try, I'm very transparent internally uh, with my team. And uh, so what had to happen was I did, I, basically everybody interviewed everybody. <laughs> so um, every member of the team interviewed and scored everybody. And then finally, when I assembled all of that, I called and I, and I had them write notes on the person just to, and I probed, I asked, you know, why you came up with this, how you felt about this. And I used those criteria. And at the end of the day, I also trust my internal clock. So um, at the end of the day, while that is useful for me, um, invariably, I, I, I just trust my internal process. And I make a decision. <laughs> so that's, that's literally, um, I, I try to, to kind of get people to closer to the decision. But at the end of the day, um, I think one of the things about leadership is that sometimes we just have to make the call. <laughs> and um when when you have a, a situation where you have candidates in front of you and you have interviewed them your team has interviewed them and everybody comes back and everything is still close you just made a call and you live with a call mm. out. i think um for me i i use task as the the deal breaker or the deal maker rather um i use task i like to see operationally what you're what you're good at so for example um, of course, it's contextual. Everything that we've been discussing, by the way, is contextual, tied to the roles. Every role will have different specifications and ways you interview, ways you, things you want. For example, a designer, you might want their portfolio. Uh, but everything 
for us, we use some level of assessment. As I said, if weeds out persons that don't want to do it, that means you don't believe in my vision. That means you're just a sad job and you're just applying. You're not really that dedicated. You're not want, I'm telling you, if somebody wants something, they make it happen. And I love using the task to see one, the level of um, attention that they placed on it. Did they actually look at my website? Some people have spelled the company name wrong. Come on, I can't hire this person. They'll do the same for a customer, right? So, so I use that as an effective weeding out and also post-qualification. I've had, for example, we're looking for a COO right now, right? High-level person. I have literally seen persons very qualified, but they didn't care enough about the company. They just sent in an application, copy and pasted stuff, big people, but they didn't think to say, I need to take this seriously. Automatically, I don't care if you worked at Google, I can't hire you because you didn't care enough to put a little time and research and energy towards putting in something to show me that you actually value me and respect me and respect my firm. And so there are little, little cues like that that I use. It's really a task that I would say does it. Sometimes you might have a second interview, as Javed said, with another team member because you might feel like, well, I'm kind of biased. Maybe I just like the person's personality, right? Let me just jump on another person. I say, and the person, oh, I like them too, and I think they're qualified. And we ask very detailed questions depending on the role. Everything is contextual. But the task for me, that's why I get excited. So, for example, one of my team members um, currently now, she just did such a great task. And I was just like, man, hire her. Before the interview, as I said, interview this as a formality, right? But, but this person, just based on what they demonstrated, the attention to detail, um, went and they're not a designer, but they did something pretty. And, you know, it's put so much energy and effort into what they were doing. I could say, man, this is somebody I want on my team. And I think that's where it comes down to. I think we have what, it, what seems like an illusion of choice. There's so many opportunities out there, but the reality is opportunities resident wherever you create it. And anyone, any leader, as I said before, is looking for persons to come into their company and transform it. Any great leader. And matter of fact, any leader, because if you're not, if you're not leading effectively, you can't call yourself a leader. Mm-hmm. And so the reality is we are looking for, and I'm sure Javed seconds, we are looking for great people that want to build, want to contribute, and want to go beyond themselves. And even if you want to own some equity, put in the work. Everything's possible. Yeah. Wow. Um, I want to I want to just pick up on a point um, that has been running throughout this. Um, one of the things that, that there's an illusion when it comes down to leadership. Um, I use we have a term in in Point Global: be the CEO of your own desk. Indeed. And people, people especially in the Caribbean environment, less so in in more developed markets, but in the Caribbean environment, people seem to not realize that um, if you go into any organization, any organization, and you have impact, there is no leader that's going to not reward that impact. That's not, not going to want to try everything in their power to empower you. Um, there's, I don't know an entrepreneur that don't want somebody who is going to, to take over the place and want the smartest people. Mm-hmm. Um, and invariably, leadership is only as good as, as followership, right? Because you can only be a leader if somebody is willing to follow. So every leader is really looking for that person who is going to say, you know, you are the guy, I'm gonna buy into your vision and I'm gonna grow your vision. So the, the in, even if you want to run the place, right? I don't have a problem. I, I remember one of my, my, my head of digital now, she came in as an intern. Right, and I remember the, the reason why I hired her. We went through the entire interview process, and I, I asked a simple question: um, "What, what do you want? To, what do you want to be doing?" Like, 
And she was, she said, I want this. She has never worked in her life. She, as a matter of fact, she never even finished her degree at the time. And she said to me, all right, I want to be head of digital. Right? She worked with me for four years. She left and I went back and said, hey, please come back. We need you. <laughs> right? And I always remember the fact that she was like, look, this is what I want to do. Before she knew she had the skills, before she knew anything, she had a vision for where she wanted self-motivation. All right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna um stop right here. There's just so much we could get into, believe me. Um, and half an hour program doesn't do justice to a topic like this, clearly. But um, we, we gotta wrap, right? We've got some good stuff. And in wrapping, I want you both to give our listeners some pointers to consider, some main tips to consider when they are taking on new new hire. We're 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 talking to entrepreneurs, you know who are hiring people of course some solopreneurs as well but you know entrepreneurs who have businesses and they're you know taking on new hire and stuff what are some takeaways some tips for them to consider when um, making that move i'll give one that summates everything there are no secrets to success there are systems to success right and so research do the necessary research put in the work listen to forums like this listen to people that have done it and are in the field actually doing it compile based on your industry, a process that works, try, test and measure, pivot and iterate until you find something that yields higher level candidates. Because hiring, like anything else in an organization, it is a challenge, a challenge that can be overcome with the right systems, processes, attitude and mindset. So once that's once those stages are taken, you're good to go. Right. Over to you, Giles. So one of the things that is important to realize is that wherever your organization is at, it requires a different level of hiring process to get the candidates mm -hmm. you want. It's if you are if you are a solo um, person and you're just hiring your first employee, what is required is going to be very different if you have 15 employees mm -hmm. and you're trying to add another member to the team. Um, and it took me it took me a while to get to know that, and I had to get there to get to know that because mm -hmm. when you have 15 people. You can't sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with everybody. <laughs> you, when you have, because you have running projects, you're managing your accounts, yeah. all of them. Yeah. So you have to understand that the first thing you have to be is situationally aware of where your organization is at, right? Um, and then it's important to ensure that you're empowering people to make decisions. Um, if you have hired somebody that's, you say, is a manager of X, but that manager is incapable of making a decision about what they're managing, then that person is not a manager. So mm -hmm. you have to really empower your people to make the decision. And if, the per if you don't trust the person to make the decision, then you have hired the wrong person in that mm -hmm. role um, to make the decision. And the, the third thing and final thing is, I am big on candidates who realize that they are not only being interviewed, they're interviewing me. So I want you to be aware of my organization, my values, why I started this, why I'm doing this, why, why I think enough. We have been around for 10 years. We, we have, we talk, we have these, all of the, if you go on YouTube and search, you will see so much information on us, on our work, we work with all of that. So there's enough out there to kind of get an insight into the people that you're coming and working. You can even go and pass employees. So mm -hmm. when you're coming into the organization, realize that at this stage, as far as I'm concerned, it's two people talking to each other. 
and we might arrive at a, a situation where you're not the right fit but don't it doesn't mean that i've devalued the interaction because there are people there, there's a guy who I, I had who basically said hey i went on your website and these are a couple of things that i saw was out of place um hey why this is whatever i like that because mm -hmm. he has demonstrated that even before i hire him he's trying to provide value so mm -hmm. I want people to recognize that they are coming to provide impact and value. And I am sitting across the table from you. And even if I don't hire you, maybe I'll collaborate with you on something else. Maybe um, down the road, we'll interact in another forum, all of those things. So those things are important. And I think those things are what entrepreneurs should be thinking about when they're hiring people. Thank you, Javet Nixon, founder and CEO of Point Global Marketing, and Kemal Brown, who is founder and CEO of Digital Global Marketing. Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing with me on the topic, technical hiring experience and technical qualification versus personality and potential. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Um, thank you, Henneke. It was a real pleasure. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And thank you, Ruth, for tuning in as well and um, asking your question. And to you, our awesome listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Your Business Matters, a production of Exim Bank Jamaica in partnership with me, Henneke Watkins-Porter of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. You can find me at hennekewatkinsporter.com or on social media at hennekewatkinsporter.com. We trust that you really learned something from this episode that you can actually implement in your business. For example, some of those things that Kemal and Javit spoke of when they are hiring some of those initial things that they do. So I know that you got something, some great takeaways. So let us hear, you know, how it was for you. Give us your feedback and you can go to eximbankja.com to learn more and check out all the services that they have to offer to entrepreneurs. Remember to join us next week for another insightful episode as we move you closer towards your business goals. In the meantime, please subscribe to this podcast via your favorite podcast app. And again, you can visit eximbankja.com. Your business matters, bringing the matters to the table because your business matters. As you continue to mind your own business, I leave you with a quote from Michelle Obama. Success isn't about how much money you make. It's about the difference you make in people's lives. Please do take care.